So, Nate, uh, last week's episode was yet another episode where I thought, well, that's like a short one. And then we ended up mm. going over an hour again. And that was when we talked about a really a book I really just can't recommend enough, which is The Great CEO Within. Um, and in that book, we actually started talking a little bit about what we're going to talk about today. Um, mm. In there, he talks about how to you know make decisions with your team. Um, but he also talks about just how to have a about how to have healthy communication patterns with the people in your team. And so today, I don't think I'm going to actually title the episode this, but we have been lovingly referring to this idea for some time now. We've been wanting to record this one, um, but just how to run meetings that don't suck uh, has been kind of the behind the scenes (laughs) reference to uh, what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, in thinking about that, um, you know, we want to create in our schools, in our businesses, we want to create a culture where our team is seeking us out, us as the leader out. Um, we want to create efficiency in the business. We want to create a meeting structure that doesn't take thought so that we can efficiently run the business, keep the lines of communication open, um, and as a result, just have a business that's more fun and profitable, which is, of course, the goal of this podcast. Um, so welcome back, everyone. I'm Daniel. This is Nate, and we help music schools run a fun and profitable business. Now, before we jump into the uh, the idea of great meetings, um, just want to take a moment to mention the two sponsors of this podcast, uh, grouplessons.com and Big Music Games. Uh, these are both systems that you can use in your music school to increase uh, the fun and effectiveness of your education program. They're designed to run either, in the case of grouplessons.com, um, as kind of the core of your uh, piano department. Um, and Nate, I'm going to kick it over to you to talk about uh, how Big Music Games can help schools. Yeah, Big Music Games is essentially an ear training uh, web app that's for ages four through nine. That's really the sweet spot. So if you've got piano students in that age range or any instrument student in that age range, we have teachers all around the world playing it. And um, I've created um, a site just for our listeners, bigmusicgames.com backslash 7FMS. That's the number 7FMS. And you can start gaming in your lessons today for free. So, yeah. So if you want to check that out, it's bigmusicgames.com slash 7FMS. And if you want to check out grouplessons.com, if you think it would be valuable to run a group lesson system where students can enter and exit the class at any time, or you can see up to 12 Ooh. students at a time uh, for an hour, um, then go check out grouplessons.com. All right. So, Nate, we're going to talk about meetings. <laughs> now, <laughs> I had this thought... That the only thing worse potentially than being in a meeting you don't want to be in is listening to a podcast episode (laughs) about meetings. So why is this so important to you? (laughs) Okay, dude, you're so right about that. So like with so many things, I actually found a book and I thought it was called Meetings That Don't Suck, but it's not called that. And I can't actually find the original text that inspired interest in meetings. So my apologies to our listeners. but. Here's how it makes, this is why it's important to me. And actually, I'm sure one of my mentors framed it this way for me. But he was like, Nate, okay, let's say you have an all-staff meeting or an all-teacher meeting, and there's 10 teachers there. And you run a meeting that just is pointless for them. (laughs) You're not even sure what you got out of it at the end of the hour. But basically miraculously, you got everyone to show up and you probably did it by, you know, having food there. So people are like, well, I'll show up to the meeting because there's free food. 
what you've actually done is you've just spent 10 times their hourly rate to have a meeting that produced nothing. So when all of a sudden he framed it in dollar figures, he's like, you just spent, say, five or $600 for that hour. What would you have liked to have done with that $600? Oof. And I was like, okay. Buy a new TV? <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, I would have much rather actually fixed the keyboard in Studio 6. Right. You know, than have had a meeting that sucked and nobody really wanted to be there and we got nothing out of it. So anyways, why do meetings matter? I would say at the foundational level, because time is a, you're basically your most valuable resource. Mm-hmm. And right behind that is dollars. So if you're wasting your time and everybody else's time, you're really just misallocating a resource that could be used in such a better way. So Mm. yes, you're going to spend like 20 minutes with Nate and Daniel on how to run a meeting that doesn't suck, but we hope that this time will be well worth it because you'll start running meetings that are more valuable to not only you, but also all of your teachers or your staff. I love that. And I think it's a very different take on on how this topic became important to me because I was kind of a lone ranger in business for a long, long time. Um, yep. I did not have team. I didn't want team. I was very happy running oh. my one teacher studio with 100 kids in it because I was doing group lessons so well. Um, and then when, my, when I began to realize that my personality, which wanted me to continue to you know be the lone guy, ran counter to my larger goals, I did what I always do, which is I hired a coach and I took a training on how to run a team. Um, And I wasn't even thinking about meetings, but in the context of working with this particular coach and some of his team, and in the context of working with and taking a training, one of the things that they just innocuously put in there was um, how to run um, meetings with your team members. And so mm-hmm. I didn't even think of it as something important. I just got it as, quote unquote, a benefit on top of all this other work that I was doing. Um, and so I've largely run my meetings the way that this person taught me to, although I've kind of put my own spin on it, cut a few things out that they did, just kind of owned it for mm-hmm. myself. So I think at least for my part of this podcast, I'm just going to like go through my outline and talk about kind of my ideal meeting structure. And then... I think Nate, given what I uh, our interaction before this episode, I think you're gonna like fill in a lot of the details that I leave out. So uh, it's a four part structure. It's very simple. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. Um, every meeting starts with good news. Love it. Uh, so what's going on in the company? Wins for the company. Wins uh, that not only you are party to, but also them. Um, And then as you, as the leader of the organization, you do want to share things that are bigger than what the particular person or group of persons that you're meeting with. Maybe they aren't party to it, but you want to share it so they have a bigger perspective of the company as a whole. Um, Good news can often just look like, you know, we enrolled eight new kids this week. Um, Totally. Good news can look like, you know what, Uh, been looking at the cash flow report and we're upgrading all the equipment in this particular department or we're Mm -hmm. getting, you know, new lighting for the stage and, you know, that sort of thing. That's good news. Second thing, the main agenda. I'm going to go into this a little bit in just a minute, but the main agenda is just all the stuff that each person in the meeting wants to bring up. The first point on every agenda that I have with either 
individual people that I'm meeting with or as a group is let's look at the past meeting notes and see if there are any if there are any remaining items that need to be dealt with from the past. Love like, that. oh, interesting. This agreement was made last week, but we actually didn't follow through on that. And so we kind of go through the previous meeting agenda notes and, and look at that. Which, by the way, I should say this. Um, our meeting template is a GDoc, and I have a running meeting notes for individual people on my team and also for groups of people. These are kept in our company file system. Once again, to refer back to last week's episode. Um, and I request, especially when people are new on the team, that they bookmark that and that as they go through their work week, things that can't be resolved by email or Slack go on that document. If it's a much bigger mm. topic to talk about, they need to put it on there. And what I love to see is I will get in there throughout the week to put something on for this other person. Let's say Bethany, who's going to end up listening to this episode. And she, you know, she, she does this just as um, well as I do. Um, I'll get in there and I'll see there's a couple things she's added on there for our next meeting. And I'm in there mm-hmm. adding things. And I see that, the, you know, the meeting notes, you know, uh, get longer throughout the week. Um, there have been ones with Kirsten where we have almost a full page of things we have to talk about uh, by the time we get to our next weekly meeting. Sometimes we've even scheduled in advance because there is so much to talk about and get done. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of the main agenda portion. So we have good news. We have main agenda. We start with looking at past meetings and then we just have the typical stuff that gets talked about. And just to be really clear, typically the kinds of things that go on there are planning big projects, um, thorny issues that are better dealt with in a one-to-one environment or a group environment. That's just way too complicated to talk about through email or Slack. Um, Uh, specific directions you want to give to people, uh, company-wide announcements, or just you know things that you want to remind that person of uh, if you're meeting with someone individually. So that's kind of what goes in the main agenda. I think that's my longest point. The last two are pretty quick. Um, three is horizon. So just, mm-hmm. hey, this is coming up. So for instance, um, Bethany recently put on horizon, um, like, hey, here's the dates I'm going to need off in Q3. Mm. You know, I'm not going to be available on these days. Okay, cool. You know, that's great. Like their future thoughts. Their future thoughts. Yeah. Something we don't yeah, need to deal that. with now, but hey, this is what's coming up. Um, other that. things that yeah. we might put on there is like, hey, here's when the uh, company planning meetings are going to be in at the end of this year. So it'll just get listed there. Um, mm. The other thing that we put on there are things that would be helpful to reference. So on um, for the grouplessons.com team, and actually, on our agenda, Nate, that yeah, we share, I'm at it. yeah, um, at the bottom, we actually put documents that are important to the whole team. So links to like our metrics dashboard. Uh, yeah. um, for grouplessons.com, we actually have a link to um, our roadmap for the projects that we as a team have agreed to for the rest of the year. Uh, we have a link to our annual planning and our quarterly planning documents. Like, just, so mm. it's, it's just stuff there that's for ready mm. reference, so that people know where it's at and it's top of mind. So those are kind of the four. I did mention this, and I'll just say it again: when we have meetings, um, when we finish it, we don't delete the agenda. I copy, I paste it, and I put it down yes. as a as a, a, in the past agenda section and that's at the bottom. And so we have a long, long list of past agendas. Um, 
in some cases for some team members going back years. I don't necessarily go look at those. I'm really only interested in the one that has just happened the previous week. But I do like to keep those there because if I do need to go back and look at something from like three months ago, it is helpful. And it's just easy to let it live there. Like who cares if the GDoc is like 50 pages long? I would rather it be there if I need it than to have deleted it and then not have it. So that's my um, that's my four-part structure. And um, yeah, before I maybe make a few more comments, I'm curious if you have any thoughts about anything I just said there. I got it. I got it. I love there's I highlighted a few things that you at, that you brought up that I think are great additions. And you bring up such a valuable point, Daniel, that uh, that actually Matt brought up in the CEO within that we we didn't talk about last week on our app, um, which was that if you instead of writing it on the agenda, choose to interrupt the person by like sending them a, a, a comment question through Slack, you're essentially deciding that on the most inefficient method for getting stuff done. Because here's Nate working on, you know, a new game and I'm in my zone for two or three hours and I'm creating. And then a notification pings from Jessica asking about something that really was just something that we could have addressed in the marketing and sales meeting later in the week. All of a sudden I'm like, oh, She's asking me about that. It must be urgent. Am I supposed to stop what I'm doing right now to address this person's need? So sure, there are times when something is truly urgent, right? And you actually do need help from a team member. But I would say 98% can just go on Daniel's agenda. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Okay, so I love that point. And and I like that Matt brought it up in the CEO within just saying it's the most inefficient way to run your company mm. because it gets back to when you were alone and you were agile the way you ran your studio originally, it was fine. It was always you that was solving everything. And then even when you just had one other person, like an admin assistant, you were like, ah, I'll just, we'll just have a fluid conversation. Yep. But it actually, you're, you're actually seeding poor habits long-term, right? You really are. And so, one of my assistants actually called me out on it. I kept sending her stuff oh, by it. email and not doing it through our task management system. Or I would just like, hey, go, you know. And um, she's like, she put her foot down, which I really appreciated. Now, let me jump into your agenda item um, and just dig into. Yeah, the system you taught me, Daniel. Could you please use that? Because <laughs> this was sort of the lesson for me. Was that there are essentially three types of meetings that we're having at BMF in any, at any time. And I didn't really understand that originally. I thought every meeting could be whatever it needed to be. And sometimes you'll switch between types within a meeting. But remember, every time I'm asking for somebody's time, I'm thinking, okay, this person's coming into this space. I'm asking to take their time away from whatever they're prioritizing currently. And I'm needing their time for something. So I want to honor that time. What is it that I need this person here for mm. that I can't solve on my own? That I'm not, that's not just something that's a Nate project, right? So the first type of in, uh, meeting is a pure information share. It's just a one-way share. Hey, this is what's happening. I'm reminded of, I was just reading my journal, Daniel, from 2020, 
And I was reading March 16th when Brooklyn Music Factory closed at the Oof. beginning of COVID, the pandemic. Wow. And there was a meeting that we held on like March 20th, which was a one-way meeting. Hmm. I shared that here were the budget cuts necessary to ensure we were still open three months from now. Here's the pivot we're making to fully online. And here's how we're going to use the production team. We decided we were going to build all kinds of free resources for our families to start playing playing uh, music at home as soon as possible, right? So that's a classic one-way share. I had been having other types of meetings to assess what the next best choice was. And then I got everyone together. It was not a long meeting. I shared exactly what we were going to do. And then I opened it up for questions and comments. We weren't deciding what we were going to do, which gets to the next type of meeting, this wasn't a consensus meeting. Hey, what do you think we should do? Where we were getting input from everyone and then making a choice. And this wasn't the other type of meeting that I'm going to have, for example, with Greggy Bizzle, who's, who's our big music game designer, which is a creative meeting. So the three types are one-way shares, creative discussion, or consensus meeting. Yeah. You know, just as I hear you say that, I'm thinking some of the color commentary you're putting on this combined with the structure I gave at the beginning, there's maybe one other piece that I would add, and that Mm. is a more process, not structure. And it goes back to something we talked about earlier and in last episode, which is just, and this is brief, as you're going through um, literally under each agenda item on this GDoc, you write out the deliverable, you write out the action item, you write out the thing to remember right underneath it. And what I do is I just hit enter and it starts a new line and I hit tab so that it subordinates it underneath that point. So I can clearly see what the points were at the start of the meeting. And then all the subordinated stuff I know are action items and I'll, after a meeting, I literally will be 30 minutes after a meeting, go back and look at the notes and already have forgotten some of the things that I needed mm. to do as a result of that meeting. So it's so totally. good that I wrote it down, you know? Okay, Daniel. So we're gonna, we promised we'd keep this to a tight app. It's not a topic that everybody loves. So I'm going to go straight to Nate's rules. And I'm going to say this at the outset, that this is an example of something where I write these down and I desperately try to live by them. And I'm not always great at all of them but I work hard on them and I have them here in writing so that I will remind myself that I'm modeling this for the rest of Brooklyn Music Factory as best I can. I got four rules. Number one, use a timer every single meeting. Always use a timer in the meeting and and, um, assign a timekeeper in the meeting. Just who's gonna keep time? I am oftentimes a timekeeper on my new fancy Apple Watch, which I love, has so many different timers on it. I'm always just like, I'm going to give us three minutes to do the next thing. And I set a timer. Number two, end early whenever possible. And you know that this is a struggle for me, Daniel. But if we've got five minutes left and I've hit the items on the agenda, it's not time for all of a sudden Nate to just start waxing on about the future. Just end the meeting early. Number three, try not to book meetings back to back, right? If you have a 30-minute meeting and then another 30-minute meeting and then another 30-minute meeting, it's very difficult back-to-back meetings to show up fully present and prepared yourself every time. 
give yourself some margin between meetings, even if it's 10 minutes, even if it's five minutes, give yourself something there, right? Bathroom break, breathing break, anything, but desperately try not to do back-to-back meetings if possible. The exception I have is with students. I can do back-to-back students because that's a very, very tightly well-oiled repeatable machine, right? Um, So that's the exception to this rule. Finally, and I just touched on it, book margin in your meetings. I love this tip from Matt from the CEO within where he's like, there are no more 30-minute meetings. Everything on your Google Cal is a 25-minute meeting or a 50-minute meeting. So you're automatically building in some margin there, right? Just set your presets on your Google Cal and set up those lengths of meetings. So those are my four simple rules. That's it. It's not complicated. Um, I think you, between what we've shared there, I think there's at least a few great tips and tricks to improve your meetings, Daniel. So I think there's plenty of content in there to, to level up on your meetings. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? Because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, Would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please, share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.